tonight, um, I, I just have a, probably more of a thought, a word for you that the Lord has brought to my mind out of a, out of a scripture, out of a setting of scriptures, and out of a statement that he's given to me, and uh, I think it's very fitting for the times that we are living in. If you want to take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter. The book of Matthew, the 16th chapter and the 13th verse is where we will begin tonight. I'm going to talk to you um, about kingdom moments. We're just going to talk a little bit about this. The Lord brought this scripture to my mind and brought a statement that he had put in my heart some time back, quite a ways back, and, uh, and, and fuse these now, and I believe he wants us to hear this tonight. Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 13, very familiar passage of scripture, but it says, now Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, and he said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now, we, we, we preached on this and taught on this um, several different occasions, so they said to him, well, some say you are John the Baptist, and some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let me stop right there and say to you, it is imperative that you know who he is cannot just take other people's words for who he is because of what they think of him or who they have come to know him as. You need to know him, Jesus Christ, as the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, and Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, that's Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one at that time that he was Jesus the Christ. We could go many different directions out of this passage and out of this setting of scriptures. We could focus on the fact that when you recognize who he really is, when you realize and recognize through the revelation power the Father's given to us that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, there is a change that comes into your life. For Peter, it was a name change. It was a change that he would no longer be just Simon, son of Jonah, but he would be Peter. Petros, the, really the little rock, and Jesus would say to him, and upon this rock, the, the statement of who Christ was, the cornerstone, the foundation upon this rock, I will build my church when my people recognize and realize who I am. We could talk about that. We could talk about the fact, and we will probably get there in just a little bit, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against this church that's standing upon the rock, Jesus Christ. We can talk about the keys to the kingdom, and we'll get there probably as well. We can talk about binding and loosing. There's so many different ways that we could take this tonight. But I want us to focus on this statement that seems to fit so well in this passage. 
And you might want to write this statement down. It's got a lot of M's in it, so just, just write it down, and then you can contemplate on it. I want to talk to you tonight out of, uh, out of this setting of Scripture and on this statement. Moments turn to movement that builds momentum that motivates towards a miraculous release. I'm going to take these and we're going to talk about these tonight. I'll say it one more time and then we're going to talk about it. Moments turn to movement that builds momentum that motivates toward a miraculous release. Out of this setting of scripture, the Lord just kind of brought that statement back to my mind that he had given me some time back. I, I believe we are in a moment. I believe this is a very pivotal moment, not just in history, but in the life of the church and in the life of believers. I, I think we need to understand where we are. I think we need to be very aware of the times that we are living in. Not just because there are wars and rumors of wars and there are uh, strong men that are going about trying to, to take over a country between Russia and, and Ukraine and not, not only because of the situation we're seeing in our own country with our economy and with the oil prices going through the roof and gas prices going so high that if, if that continues, life here is not going to be real easy. I'm sure you've seen all the memes that I have, the gas pumps that say on them, uh, you know, you can get a loan inside and uh, all of those different things that, that we are seeing. We, we are living in, in difficult moments. We are, we are living in pivotal moments. I believe we are living in prophetic moments. But I think and believe that we as believers need to understand these are also moments that God wants to do some great things. That God wants to show up. That the Lord wants to, to direct us and lead us and guide us. And so therefore we have to engage in these moments. Matthew 16 was a moment. Now, I'm going to talk to you in just a few minutes. I'm going to bring out some moments here in just a second. But I want you to understand life is full of moments. Do you realize that? Life is full of moments. And, and what makes a moment is what you make of it. If you engage in the moment. There, there are opportunities. There are situations that will arise all the time. And I, I think if we're not careful, we just ramble through life. We just, we just wander through life and we, we don't look for the things that God is doing. And therefore we miss moments. In fact, at prayer last night, and let me just remind you, every Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, we have prayer. Now, this coming Tuesday night being spring break, and we've got so many that are gone, we will not have prayer this Tuesday night. But every Tuesday night, oh, here at 7 o'clock, we have prayer here in the sanctuary. Last night was a moment. I, I, we were about to, normally, we'll just come, we'll share prayer requests, we'll say a couple of things, and then we'll just all disperse and pray. Last night, the Lord began to speak to me, and we kind of, I called everybody that was here up, and, and I, just, I just felt like we needed to have a moment of agreement. And then in my prayer time last night, it was as if God just kind of flipped the script on me a little bit, and all of a sudden, I found myself in the midst of a moment with him. A moment of declaration, a moment of, of, of taking authority, a moment of, of, of 
praying prophetically, if you will. I think God is about to show up in some great moments. And I think the Lord has sent me here tonight with a task, not to share a great message with you, but to tell you, prepare for your moments. All day long, I have felt this. I, I've felt this, even since last night, I've felt this, that we have to prepare for our moments. God's up to something. How many recognize God is up to something? See, when things are getting difficult in the world, that means there are moments that God is designing. There, there, are, there are miracles that God is preparing for. There's opportunities that you and I are going to walk our way into. There are doors that are going to open up in front of us that we have to be prepared for. Do you know if you have to stop at every time and prepare for the moment, oftentimes you're going to miss the moment. We need to live prepared. We need to live ready. Because I believe God is doing something. And so we're going to look at this setting of scripture and I'm just going to pull out of this for you these statements that I made to you and we're going to talk about that. The first one is the statement moments. We, we find the disciples found themselves in the midst of a moment with Christ. And I want you to notice most of the disciples were not prepared for that moment. In fact, I'm not sure any of them were really prepared, but at least one of them, Peter, was listening to the Spirit enough to be led with a revelation in the moment. Because the moment says, Jesus talks to them and he says, who do men say that I am? Who, who is the world say that, saying that I am? And, and this was, he was asking them because he wanted them to understand who he was. He wanted them to be prepared for this moment, this miracle revelation that the Father would give to them. And, and he says, who did, and they all start naming off what they've heard. They, they say to him, well, who did, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're one of the other prophets. But Jesus said, no, no, no. Who do now you say that I am? See, do you see there's a moment that's taking place? Have you ever been in a moment in your life with the Lord when all of a sudden the Lord was communicating with you? That it was as if the Lord all of a sudden had just, had just shown up to speak directly to you. See, when the Lord communicates with us, he's not only wanting to say something to us, he's wanting to get something through us. Say, so who do men say that I am? And they all just start rehearsing what the world says. I think this is the problem. I think the church is so busy rehearsing what the world is saying that we're missing the moments, the opportunities to declare what God is saying. Amen. We are regurgitating what the world is saying. Well, the world is saying this. Well, the, this is what the culture is saying. This is what other people are saying. This is what the, the people I listen to and follow are saying. And we're, we're so busy telling what everyone else is saying. But I believe the Lord is saying to us, no, what are you saying? 
are you saying in this moment? And, and I think it's important that we kind of settle this in our mind, that we, we, we engage and we pay attention. Because see, here's the thing. We, we need to be people of revelation. We need to be people that are listening to the Spirit of God. When Peter would respond to him, Jesus would say to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. I think it's time that the followers of Christ begin to hear what the Spirit is saying, not just what man is saying. So in these moments, we need to be people of faith, and we need to be people ready for revelation. We need to be people with ears to hear and eyes to see the things of God. How many believe our world needs somebody that's hearing from heaven today? Amen. Your family needs someone. Because let me tell you, if all, my wife will remind me of this, because like I've told you many times before, I, I'm a news junkie. I listen to the news and all. And, and my wife can always tell when I've been listening too much to it. And she'll have to tell me, I think you need to turn that off a little bit for a while. Well, she probably tells me turn it off all the time. But anyway, that's a whole, whole nother story there. But, but we, we get to hearing what the world is saying. Do you know, we don't need more just rehearsing what the world's saying. We need some people that will be like the sons of Issachar, the Bible talks about in the book of Numbers, that said they had an understanding of the times and the seasons that they were living in. I believe these are moments that are imperative moments in our church, in our world. I believe these are salvation moments. I believe these are moments where people that, that once walked with God can be challenged again. If we will hear from heaven, God can speak through revelation through us and speak with anointing through us, and we will be able to be used by God to speak truth into somebody's lives and hearts. Here's the thing about moments that you need to understand. A moment... Biblically, a moment changes everything. You know, one moment with God can change everything. Let me, let me back this up for you a little bit. And, and like I said, I've just kind of come to share probably not even so much a lesson with you tonight as, as it is just a thought. A moment changes everything. We need to recognize the importance of moments. Don't waste your moments. Don't waste your time. Redeem time. Buy back time. Stay engaged with God because a moment can change everything. Well, let's think of a couple of moments in the scripture. In Acts chapter 9, we find a moment. We find a moment that, that in the grand scheme of the world probably would seem insignificant. We find a man named Saul He's a Pharisee of Pharisees. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's, he, is, he is the law keeper of all law keepers. And he's on a journey to persecute Christians. He's going to find them because this, this group has risen up after the, the death, burial, and, and they claim the resurrection of Christ. They've risen up and they're, they, they are sharing this other gospel, this other message than the Jewish message of that, of that time. And so he has gone to put an end to this. He's going and he, he's going to put them in jail. He's going to take care of them. And in the grand scheme of Rome, this was just a blip on the radar. Man, 
in the grand scheme of Rome, the whole kingdom that where Rome would dominate, this, this wouldn't even have registered on the radar. This was, just, this was just an insignificant moment of a man going on a, Jew, on a, on a religious mission to rid an area of some that he didn't agree with. It's really, that's really all that was. And that's all that the world would see. That's all that the world would probably even record about this. It was a moment that was going to shake this world, even though it was unknown to them. Because this man, riding on a horse, the Bible says a great light shone around about him, fell off of his horse, was blinded, heard a voice, and he heard Jesus speaking to him and saying, Saul, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. It's hard for you to fight against this. Saul would look with blinded eyes and he would say, who are you, Lord? And would tell him who it was. And then and there, he would make a commitment to follow the Lord. This one that he was going to persecute the followers of, now he's going to become a believer. And, and still, in the grand scheme of the world, it's not a moment that's going to really make much difference in their minds. He's going to be taken to a house in the insignificance, a place that no one really would know anything about. But God was going to speak to another Christian that was going to come lay hands on him. Scales were going to fall from his eyes. But, but, but what was going to come from this moment was going to shake the world because this man would ultimately end up writing two-thirds of the Gospels, of the, of the New Testament, I'm sorry. He would win more people to the kingdom of Christ than probably any other, especially of his time. He took a gospel message that would have been unheard of and unacceptable and fought for it with his life and won many Jews and Gentiles to the Lord. All because of a moment. One man. Now, great things happened from there. More people were going to be involved. But it all started in one seemingly insignificant moment. My question to you tonight is, what could God be doing in our moments? And we may never be Paul's. But in our moments, if we'll be engaged with God, if we'll recognize God's trying to speak to us, what could he do in our families? What, what could he accomplish on our work, in our workplaces or in our neighborhoods or in our cities? A moment with God can change everything. What about Moses? You take him, and he's raised in Pharaoh's house. He believes he's a deliverer, raised up for that reason. He ends up killing a man, running for his life to the backside of a desert. There he spends decades toiling in obscurity. Till one day, the backside of the desert, recorded in Exodus 3, he has an encounter with God. At a bush that would burn, there wasn't anything unusual about a bush burning in the desert. That would happen at times. What was unusual was... It was a burning bush that was not burning up. And then God speaks to him. 
On the backside of the desert, God raises up a deliverer in a moment. Or what about a young man that gathers up his clothes, his equipment necessary for the day ahead of him, heads out to his father's field like he has done every day for many days in a row to go tend his father's sheep. Gathers up all of his stuff, heads out there to the field where the sheep were, tending his father's sheep, not knowing what was going on in his father's house. Because at his father's house, a prophet had come and had said to the father, God has rejected Saul as king. And one of your sons is going to be king. Jesse brings all of his sons in front of the prophet, and the prophet says, no, it's none of these. Do you not have any other? And Jesse says, well, there's one out in the field, a young man named David. He's just tending the sheep. He said, well, we're not doing anything till he comes. He brings him in, and in a moment, he is anointed king. All he did was get up and go to the field, being faithful to the job that he had done every day. It wasn't a job of great grandeur. It wasn't, wasn't a job that everybody would have desired. It, it wasn't, he wasn't climbing up the corporate ladder. He was just going and being faithful to what he was doing day after day, not knowing that there was a moment that was going to change a nation awaiting him. Amen? David is anointed king. Or maybe just a little while after that, when there is a moment when there's a war going on in the kingdom, and David's brothers are at war, and his dad calls him and says, son, I want you to take this food. It almost seems like that the anointing was forgotten. Probably thought, well, it's just too, too great to believe. So now in 1 Samuel 17... His father says, take the food to the battle, and he goes and turns out that it's going to be there that David is going to step on the battlefield in a moment and defeat a giant that's going to set the trajectory of the remainder of his life. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying I believe God has moments for us. I could tell you about the moments for Elijah, Elisha, what about a moment that a prophet walks by and says, follow me? And Elisha plowing in a field says, well, I think I'm going to follow him. Amen? See, just in our ordinary moments, God is up to something. Can y'all hear that tonight? Can you sense that? I believe God is calling us to extraordinary things out of just what would seem to be normal moments if we would be engaged. You could have a conversation with someone tomorrow that could change your life, their life, or multiple lives if you will just be listening for the Lord. And following his direction. Why is it so important that we learn to follow God's direction? Because it's there the moments of God set up the remainder of our life. Moments change everything. So, 
When I made the statement, this was a moment in, in Matthew 16. It was a moment that was going to change Peter's life, was going to change the disciples' life, was ultimately going to change everything. Because the statement that was made in the moment was the statement that was going to shake the world and has been shaking the world ever since. And that was the statement, you are the Christ, son of the living God. You are Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the Savior. That moment, a moment turns to movement that builds momentum that motivates us towards a miraculous release. The second statement is a statement of movement, the second word, movement. See, you have moments prepared. God's going to have moments he's going to speak, but then he, he will call us to movement. I want you to think about this. Something begins from every moment. Movement begins with a moment that is acted upon. How many times have we had moments with God, but we did not act upon those moments and we missed the movement? Amen. Something begins from every moment. You know, from the moment that Peter, because let me, let me read it to you. It says, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father is in heaven. Listen, verse 18, and I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Out of that moment, Jesus declares the movement of what is going to be known as his church. Out of that moment, anyone who declares Christ now is brought into the ecclesia, the body, and is ready. And it's going to take movement to get there because they move from Matthew 16. They move over to his death, over to his burial, over to his resurrection, over to his ascension, all the way over to Acts chapter number 2. Where the promise of being filled with the Spirit and taking the gospel to their world begins to be reality. And a moment turns into a movement. Amen. Let the moments with God turn into movements in your life. Don't, don't just have, the, I, I'm a, I feel like we're probably, some of us at least, I know I'll speak for myself, we can be bad, we, we can be bad about having moments with God, but we won't take the next step and turn those into movements with God. Moments, moments turn into movement. Acts 2, the church is birthed. A movement begins. By Acts 17, what started as a statement by a follower of Jesus in, in Matthew 16, a revelation statement by Peter, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, upon that, I'll build my church. In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit falls upon the church. They begin to see people saved. And by Acts 17, the Bible says that, that they declared, they pulled him, some people out of Jason and his household, they pulled him out and they said, those that have turned the world upside down have come here also. All out of a moment that's now turned to movement. And out of that we have books like Ephesians 
talks about walking with God and the unity that we have. We, we have Galatians. We have these churches that are birthed out of that movement. We have a church started here in Moore, Oklahoma, so many years ago. Out of a moment that turned into a movement. Come on. See, what could God be planning? What could God be up to in our lives? When he gives us moments. We had a moment Sunday. We would agree we had a moment with God Sunday. We had a move of God Sunday. We've been having moments with God. But let me, let me say it this way. If we, saddle, if we settle and are satisfied with the moment and we never allow it to, to turn into movement, we will miss what God really wants to do. Moments turn into movement. And then they build momentum. Movements gain momentum. It's what momentum is. It's movement. It's, it, it, it's, it's momentum now. It's turned into something stronger than you are. And look what he says. He says, upon this rock I will build my church. In verse number 18, Jesus said. And then he said, and the gates of hell, of Hades, shall not. Somebody says, shall not shall not prevail against it. So now the moment is turning into a movement that's going to have such uh, momentum that hell itself cannot stand against it. Amen. I don't know if this is encouraging you or not, but this is encouraging me. Because I believe if if I can engage in my moments with God, and it can turn into movement in my life where I'm pressing towards him. It's going to turn into momentum that, that even the very gates of hell's not going to be able to stop. The troubles, the trials, the difficulties, because now momentum is established. When movement is established, momentum happens and hell can't stop it. Amen. How many times have we set out to do something for God because of a moment? We've taken some movement, but but then we allowed the difficulties of life to stop us in our tracks. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against it, but all of those except John that was there on that day in Matthew 16, all of those would give their lives as martyrs for the kingdom of Christ. And John ultimately would, some, at some 100 years old is what they say, 90s to 100 years old, on the Isle of Patmos. He's going he's gonna to end up giving, after having a revelation, uh, uh, the revelation that we have in the book of Revelation, then, then he's going to, to go as well. But I, I want you to understand this. It looked like hell would have won against them because they had died. Proclaiming this Christ. But when you've had a moment that turns to movement, there is such momentum built up that it will outlive you. It will outreach your reach and your ability. Amen? I I want some momentum to build in us. That that hell cannot prevail against it. We we must battle. We're always going to have battles, but we are overcomers in this battle. We, we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. 
Greater is he that is in us. But if our moment never turns, turns to movement and we never gain any momentum, we'll never live in that overcoming strength. And then out of that momentum comes motivation that leads to continuation. Look what he says. He, he says to them, I will build my church, verse 18, and the gates of hell, Hades, shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Give you your motivation. You keep going. I'm giving you the keys to make this happen. You're going to be able to continue because I'm handing these keys to you. The keys are given. What is the key in your life that you've been given? We could go a lot of places there. But let me give you just a few keys that we've been handed uh, uh, that, that, that build in this kingdom that is our motivation. Worship is a key of motivation. The word of God is a key of motivation. Our walk with Christ and others is a key that we've been given. He allows us to walk in unity. The authority of Christ. In, in Mark chapter 16, Jesus says to them, in my name, you're going to be able to go. We've been given the name of Jesus. It unlocks the doors. It, it, it is our motivation to move forward, the authority of Christ. Matthew six thirty three. he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. So, be ready for your moments. Then turn those into movement. Then let momentum build as you just continue to go forward knowing that hell can't prevail against you, that the troubles won't stop you, that nothing can, can defeat you now because you are in Christ. And let your motivation not be to win over hell, but motivated by what Christ is in you. Pressing forward. And then will come a miraculous release. Because he finished this by saying. He said, and I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There's a miraculous release that now we can walk in. We can release the things of the Lord into this life. And we can bind the enemy in the name of Jesus, the miraculous release. The Lord said, I just want you to remind my people that I have moments prepared. See, you're not here by accident. You, you might think you are. You're not here by accident. This was a moment that God designed for you to be here. There's a lot of people not here. You're here. That means this was a moment prepared for you. Maybe you're watching online. This is a moment prepared for you. So now take the moment, turn it into movement. Listen for the Lord. Speak his word. Declare what he gives to you. He didn't, he didn't really ask. Now, now listen to this. He's talking to his followers. Okay, we're all the way over in Matthew 16. You know where Matthew starts? Chapter 1. 
Amen. We're all the way over in chapter 16 now. He's talking to his followers. These people have walked with him. They've seen him do amazing things these guys have. And he, he, he's talking to believers and he said, who do you say that I am? He's not asking a really a hard thing. He's just asking something that somebody has to be connected to, the, to God enough to speak. Come on now. He's going to ask you in your moments to reaffirm who he is in you and move. Let it build momentum. Turn into your motivation for life. And then let it become a miraculous release to others. And who knows what can happen? They went ahead and turned the world upside down. Paul was a product of this moment. He went ahead, turned the Gentile world and the Jewish world upside down. Moses turned Egypt upside down and delivered Israel. David turned Israel upside down, gave them the greatest years of their life other than when Christ is going to reign as their king on this earth. What is he doing with us tonight? If we don't believe that he really has effective moments for us, then we're kind of wasting our time. Amen. If all we're doing is going to church out of tradition, habit, or religion, and we're not, we're not looking to engage in the moments we're given, we're, we're really wasting our time. Now, I don't know how to be any more bold than that. I feel sorry for people that just come and go, and they feel like they've done their duty. My goodness, these are moments. When you read your Bible, your devotion time, those are moments that God can speak to you. Your prayer time, those are moments. Times that you, you steal away and you feel God moving it, those are moments. Engage in those moments because it's out of those can come a miraculous season of release that you can't even imagine. Stand your feet with me tonight. We're living in a world that seems crazy a lot of times. Seems absolutely crazy at times. But in the darkest of times, God has still fashioned moments for anyone that'll listen. I don't know about you. I want to be one that listens. I want to be one that God can speak his revelation to. Amen. It's not, it's not about God speaking new things. It's about God speaking true things and us grabbing hold of them. Amen. See, because here was the thing. The revelation given to Peter, it was not some new thing that no one had ever heard of before. And he would, no, it was just a true thing. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let's hear the truth of God in the midst of these moments. I just want us to pray. Like I said, I just feel like the Lord just sent me to you tonight to just remind you of that. Slow down enough to engage in your moment. We're going to pray, and I want you to just begin in your own way to ask the Lord, Lord, 
What is this moment in my life? Maybe there's a truth he needs to get into you right now. Maybe you're so uptight and so concerned about other things going on that you've lost sight of just a truth. Maybe it's something like, I'm in control. God saying to you, I've got this. I've got you. Maybe, maybe you're so uptight trying to make things happen. The Lord says, you don't have to just make things happen. Just, I'm opening doors. And maybe it's a truth that you need to engage in at this moment. Maybe you've gotten some bad news. Maybe from doctors or family members or whatever. And you just need the truth to be revealed to you in this moment that God says, look to me. I am your answer. Could we just pray right now? Father, we bring our lives to you in this moment. Lord, these are turbulent moments. But Lord, I believe you want to speak peace, strength, courage, boldness in this moment. I believe you call us to faith in this moment. Father, just take that truth of your word and plant it in our hearts and let it become movement in our lives. Faith in you becomes movement. It turns to momentum. Awaken us. Let us not run through life doing all of our things and not be listening for you. Let us not run through every moment that you've designed for us without being engaged. Help us, Lord, to look to you now. Whatever you want to do, we're here. Lord, like Isaiah in that moment in the sixth chapter of his book, when in a moment he heard you say, who can we send? Who go for us? And he said, here am I, Lord, send me. Lord, we're here tonight. Move in us. I believe someone here tonight or someone watching online, Lord, needs to hear you. In truth, power, simplicity. Prepare them for what you're going to do going forward. Thank you, Lord. And now, we listen to receive. And we act by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God has you here for a kingdom moment. Whether he says something to you at this moment, already has, or does as you leave, then you act by faith. Amen?